Hello, I'm Rachel Kleppmiller. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Today we are going to use this recording to offer a little motivation. Those of you who have had one of our trainings with John Kaplan likely know the uncommon story and that who's doing this mantra. It's become quite popular with many of our Command of the Message alum. I even find myself saying it at my desk on occasion. So we wanted to share it with you, our podcast listeners. John Kaplan is here to share it with you today. Take it away, John. Hey, good morning, Rachel, and uh, thanks for this opportunity. I'm, I'm uh, really kind of excited to uh, just contemplate this uh, topic as uh, over the weekend I had a chance to see Tony Dungy, uh, the author of the book Uncommon, uh, who's just had a huge impact on me personally and in, in you know personal life and business life. But you know he got inducted into the 2016 uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the statistics: 148 wins over 13 seasons, culminating in a Super Bowl and with the Colts in 2007. You know, 13 years as a head coach and, and only one losing record, and that was his first year in Tampa Bay. You know, but but that's not what I really love most about Tony Dungy. You know, what I love most about Tony Dungy is is you know, he's an author, and and, and the books that I've read that 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 he's written. You know, the first one I think came out was called Quiet Strength. It was just a really, really great read. But then the one that really impacted me was the book Uncommon. And as many of you listeners know out there, I'm a father of three great kids, Sarah, Emily, and Jacob, and I've spent most of their lives encouraging them to be uncommon. And because it's, it's really, really hard to be uncommon in this world today. And so the, the story of just being uncommon uh, I, I really had to think about something that was relevant to myself, my family, anybody else that I would be speaking to. And I was reminded of a time back in 1981 when I packed my bags and left for home uh, from Michigan to go play football at a school called Boise State in Idaho. They were the 1AA defending national champions, and it was just an re- unbelievably fantastic experience. And I had the opportunity to transfer closer to home and earned an athletic scholarship to play at a school called Bowling Green in Ohio. Um, just a dream come true for me uh, to be able to play closer to home, and, and uh, I was really all excited about it. And, and I remember getting a letter uh, from a coach that I didn't know who the coach was uh, and finding out that the two coaches that had, uh, two position coaches that had recruited me to, uh, to Bowling Green had taken other jobs <laughs> over the summer, and the, basically the letter said, "Hey, uh, John, uh, we need you to report with the freshmen. I don't know, uh, you know, got to gauge your skills. Don't know who you are, and you know, it's innocent enough letter. But the way I took it, I wasn't very proud of. I, I'd love to tell the listeners that I, um, you know, that I was all motivated and determined to show this new coaching staff, you know, exactly what I was made of, and and instead I." I felt sorry for myself and ate bonbons and watched daytime TV. And uh, I had a friend back then, his name was Vince, and I stopped showing up in the gym for a little bit because I was kind of aggravated. You know, the reason why I was aggravated, I had to sit out a year and I would have been like the equivalent, I would have been 20 years old when I showed up and, and they asked me to show up with the 18-year-old freshman and I, I was just feeling a little wronged. And Vince called me and he said, hey, where you been? I haven't seen you at the gym. And I, I, I tried to tell him my sad sack story, 
you know, of what was happening to me. And he just, he said, I'm coming over to get you to go work out. And he hung up the phone. And I was thinking of contemplating, you know, just, you know, when Vince came to the door, just telling him, hey, I, I don't feel like working out. But then I was reminded that Vince was six foot five, 295 pounds. And, and uh, if Vince comes to the door and says that we're going to go work out, we're probably going to go work out. So I figured, well, when he comes, you know, we'll go to the gym. I'll do a few curls, look in the mirror, and, and uh, you know, get it over with. And so we're in the car, and we're traveling towards the gym. And, and, and I, I look at, uh, we, we actually drive right past the gym. And I'm looking at Vince, and I'm saying, Jim, uh, you know, Vince, the gym is right over there. And he says, well, you know, we're not going to the gym. And he drives right past the gym, and I said, dude, where are we going? And he said, we're going to go run. And I'm thinking to myself, I I'm not going to run, you know. We, we might be going to a place that's going to have running, but I'm, I'm not running. And so we go to a place in Michigan just outside the city in a place called Oakland University. And um, so we get out of the car. And we start walking towards the athletic facilities, and, and uh, uh, we come up to the track, and Vince walks right past the track. And I say, Vince, where are you going? The track is right here. Where are you going? He looks at me, and he says, we're not running there. And I said, where are we going to go run? And so for any of the listeners that are from the Michigan area and know Oakland University, if you keep walking past that track and walk into the woods, there's a very steep set of hills which are, uh, which are designed to get you from one athletic field to the next athletic field. And before I could even contemplate it, Vince takes off running up these stairs. And Vince is six foot five, 295 pounds. And these stairs are so steep at Oakland University that by the time he gets to the top of it, he actually looks small. And I'm just watching him run up. And as he comes back running down, he leans in, leans his big head into me and he says, hey, who's doing this? And he takes off running up, and I'm contemplating who's doing this, and I'm still feeling sorry for myself, and I'm like, well, not me. I'm not doing this. And so he runs up, and he comes down, and he's really sweating now by the time he gets down, and he yells back at me, who's doing this? And he runs back up the, uh, you know, the steps, and as I'm watching him run up the steps, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is ridiculous. If I'm here, I'm feeling like a, you know, an idiot. I'm just going to run these things. So I start running them. And I realized how the bonbons and daytime TV has impacted me because I gained a little weight. And I am huffing and puffing by the time I get up to the top. But I passed him, and he leaned in and said, who's doing this? And I'm not really able to contemplate what is he saying to me. As I start to come back down, he leans his head back in and says, who's doing this? And by the time I got up the second time to the top of the steps, my heart was pounding out of my chest. I'm looking out over a beautiful campus of Oakland University, and I absolutely, in that moment, realized exactly what he was asking me. And in that moment, I remember feeling incredibly uncommon, knowing that there was probably a high pop probability that across the, you know, my competitive playing field, in that moment, that I probably was the only one doing this at that time. And it felt fantastic and it was an unbelievable feeling of feeling uncommon doing things that I didn't want to do but did it anyways and so as I came back down and Vince came back up I was prepared for him as he leaned his head in he's a little bit more exhausted this time you know he looked at me and he said who and he didn't even get it out and I said no one and he just looked at me and he said that's right and then Vince and I 
you know, for several more times, went up and went down these stairs, went up and went down these stairs. And I just remember just an unbelievable feeling that day of being uncommon. And so I, I've used this uh, story not only for myself, I still feel it, you know, for myself when those things where the world just does not want me to be uncommon. The world wants me to be very common. My industry wants me to be very common. You know, at Growth Play, what we ask our customers to do is extremely uncommon. And I love the feeling I get when I look in people's eyes when they realize that what we're asking them to do is very uncommon. And now they're trained to be very uncommon. And your customers want you to be very uncommon. So, so you know, you'll hear me tell this story a lot when I, you know, when I'm with my clients and over the years it's taken on a life of its own. You know, with my own son today who's a college athlete, I love, you know, after a game or what have, I'll yell out to him or when he's training during the summer, I'll yell out to him. I'll say, hey, who's doing this? And Jacob will look back at me and say, no one. And it's an incredibly, incredibly motivating feeling. Yeah, every now and then I'll get an email from someone or I'll be in an airport who'll yell out, hey, Kaplan, who's doing this? And I love to yell back, no one. So my message, Rachel, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to share it. My message to the listeners out there is to be uncommon, do uncommon things, and you'll always come out on top. You know, just listening to these podcasts, you know, uh, as they come out that you put together, Rachel, and implementing the great ideas that, that you bring forth to, li to the listeners is uncommon in itself. And I wish the, everybody listening to have an uncommon rest of your year. Awesome. Thank you, John, for sharing. Thank you for your kind words. Thanks to all of you for joining us and for taking the time to listen. Be uncommon. It's a great phrase to live by. We'll see you next time.